2: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
0: the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park.
2: It is the Royal Blue Podcast. It is the Post Palace Show. We are live on YouTube and Facebook. Please remember to like, follow and subscribe and also send in your questions in the comments or I can put the questions to the lads. I'm your host, Ian Crowell. And I'm joined by the Echoes event FC reporter Chris Beasley. Chris, our things you okay? You warmed it, up from last night?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I could have done with a warm up last night, but yeah, cheered by that 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 victory that helped warm us all a bit, and it just glad to have a bit of football, wasn't it? It certainly
2: <laughs> was certainly <laughs> after the uh, yeah, uh, very
0: true. That,
2: the last week has been <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of a pain, hasn't it? But Gav, uh, yeah, yeah, you um, I'm also joined by. Um, Everton, Everton, statistician Gav I'm and Royal Blue contributor nearly didn't get me words out there, Gav. It's alright, uh, mate. Don't worry. Gav Buckland, yeah. How are you? You okay? Joining them as nah, nah, I've I've warmed up. I've warmed
1: up just about. It was uh, it was chilly. Would be the word that was used for last night. Yes,
2: yeah, I, I was more chilly walking home rather than the ground. You know exactly. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. I thought to myself, if this gets. to extra time and goes to penalties obviously i was i was tempted to potentially just leave at the 90s to be wow. honest <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's, there's, the drama. there's that thing at the end
1: of got called for sides. you know but mcneil lost it was mcneil lost the ball yeah. by the touchline yeah. and he just thought if they score here that does just go it'd be upsetting for everybody yeah, You last minute equalizer but it means everybody's got to go through extra time well and at, at least it... another
2: hour isn't it as well okay.
1: yeah 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 i think
0: yeah. Fun. i think graham white wanted to go home on, on the mic didn't need a stadium mouse to pick up on that when he went six yeah exasperated the
1: crowd said six or i think they said six i think or perhaps something else but yeah was, uh, yeah that was uh that was uncomfortable that wasn't it really six minutes
2: OK, Chris, uh, let's get down to it then. It's the post-Palace show. It, you know, it wasn't pretty, but in the Cup, you know, it doesn't matter as long as you get yourself in the next round.
0: Yeah, well, that, it, was a, it was a welcome relief, wasn't it? We, we Unfortunately, we don't want to go over old ground, but Everton and the rest of their rivals don't know where they are now in the Premier League, and they might not know for some time. You have got the simplicity of the FA Cup, haven't you? You either win or you go home, and that was the case. Um, great one of it was actually um, Gav pointed it out with, with his stats. Um, it, um, Everton hadn't beaten top-flight opposition in the FA Cup third round since... 1988, so they got that monkey off their back, yeah. and um, yeah, for a consecutive um, clean sheet after the, the Wolves game, as I've seen, the last game of 2023, Sean Dyke said that it was the first time since Villa away in the league that he'd really not been on it, and he sort of responded well to that. They haven't been free-for-all games at all. Obviously, the two back-to-back stalemates against um, Palace in the, in the first game and then Villa at the weekend. But yeah, the, the, obviously, the, the sublime free kick, as uh, um, Sean Dyche described it from Andre Gomez proved the, the difference. And I thought, despite, obviously, vision Virginia having to make saves at crucial times, I think the Blues were the full value for the win.
2: Yeah, so we did deserve the, the, the win on the performance because Palace did have a couple of chances themselves, didn't he?
0: Yeah, like I said, I mean, it was the same as the game at Sellers Park. Um, Virginia was actually playing in front of the fans for the first time at Goodison. I've got to remember his previous um, outings out all, but in, in the behind closed doors um, season tw- uh, 2021. So it was a big night for him. And he, yeah, yeah at, at certain moments, I thought that to a great extent Everton did keep Palace at arm's length but they did get through at times and it was in those big moments that uh, Joe uh, Virginia showed um, his quality I mean I've, I've spoken about it personally I don't like the concept of cup keepers I'd always go with my strongest side but I mean with the modern football now keeping everybody happy within the squad and Sean Dyke spoke about the way that Virginia has been a good pro this season he's listened in team meetings he's always been um, good in that respect and he's deserved his chance to shine and to be fair he's produced two really good displays. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Cav, you know, it has been a traumatic couple of days. You know, the, you know, trauma yeah. and everything obviously go hand in hand at this moment in time. <laughs> so yeah, just your reaction really to. Everton getting the first win in, in over a month and your analysis of
1: that um, I, I can only ra- repeat what Chris said I mean the comforting thing for me is there's three three clean sheets yeah. um, and that, that was the first win I think since since Burnley yeah yeah so the Fulham debacle penalty debacle the sort of set up a chain of events of yeah. like six games without a, yeah. without a win or something like that so I, I think you've got to see this performance in the light of the, the, the Villa game on, on Saturday as well there were two reasonably similarish games in terms of well, there was no goals and so on. But in terms, of, it was all stop-start. There was no real rhythm to the game, and and I think we, we both, but the set both those games we, we competed and, and, and looked reasonably reasonably solid, which we didn't uh, at uh, Wolves. And I think to be honest with you, at Spurs for the first half. We were both defensively as there as well. So it's good to get us back to basics um and with that let's talk about one or two individual performances but ultimately you just want to you just want to get in the the next round i mean not only is it 1988 last time we have beaten somebody in the top flight in the third round we lost eight ties against tough light opponents in the third round that's bad, bad. so that, yeah. that's really bad yeah and not to like you know okay Liverpool a couple of times in Man United but some teams that you wouldn't expect us to lose to yeah. so yeah um I, I was uh, cold please <laughs> there was no extra time definitely please no penalties we've got previous against Palace haven't we a penalty for oh, Goddardson yeah and uh yeah it's it's, it's and, and it's a home draw, isn't it and yeah. it's just it's just a bit like the league cup before christmas it just keeps you incest doesn't it? I know we've got the league uh to, to think about but it keeps incest we've got a winnable home draw a couple of teams are already big teams are already gonna are out or will go out because of the way the draw is set up and and if we we keep it going we and if you don't can see goals in cup games you're probably going to go through to the next round aren't you cut run on the cards then well, this yeah. is a run for us. Someone say yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There's some interesting questions about that. What happens if we do progress around the goalkeeping situation? Well, well that's I think, another know that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's definitely on the agenda. But um, it was, you know, a couple of standout performances. You'd probably take this. Um, yeah. You know, your player ratings. You gave um,
0: Gomez an eight, wasn't it? Yeah. To be fair, it was Connor last night. But yeah, it was. Uh, oh, sorry. A, yeah, it third was there. an eight. You're correct. And uh,
2: Virginia was at a, eight. an eight as well. So you know, it was nice. Uh, certainly for Gomez to, you know, he probably... Wouldn't have been in the team if the core uh, yeah. was fit as well. And Virginia, a little bit of bit of a su- surprise performance, would you say, or was that you know has he been waiting in the wings for that type of performance?
0: Yeah, to be fair, I was down at um, Sellers Park for the first game, and he got my top score down down there. Game in that time, you know, like I said, it wasn't like he was busy all of the time, but he made big saves in in crucial moments. Um, yeah. And, and you know, he, I say, he's a young lad. He'd been on loan in in the Netherlands and uh, back in Portugal at Sporting before that. Hasn't been part of the Everton first team for over a couple of years now. So, you know, you're coming in from the cold in those conditions. And and I remember at Palace, the first game, it was an awful night for goalkeepers. You know, it was torrential rain, slippy service. So, did well again. And uh, just looking back on the highlights before, some some really good stops, really. And then, as I said, his compatriot, Andre Gomez, nice little cameo again from him. I mean, the forgotten man, wasn't he? And we we talk about the... Time that um, Virginia hasn't been in the team. Um, Gomez, until the Tottenham game last month, he hadn't played for Everton for 19 months since he got hooked at half time, ironically, against Palace and obviously the, the famous 3 2 comeback win, whenever, and um, secured their Premier League status a couple of seasons ago. But while you, on face value you might not think he's a typical Sean Dyche, um midfielder I think that's probably doing the manager a bit disservice you know if he does have a player of that ability I think he spoke last night he said you know he's not a number natural number 10 he's certainly not like for like for the for, um, Core coming in you're not going to get the same sort of hard running from, from Gomez but it gives you a different dimension obviously his passing range and the way he could strike that free kick there's probably not too many within the Everton squad could take that kind of free kick and okay winning off the post but you know it was unstoppable really and it obviously proves the difference in what was a tight match
2: and chris Mm. just mentioned the free kick there gab i'll be honest with you as as he lined it up i did think to myself if there's one player on that pitch for everton who's going to score this it would be andre gomez that that thought ran through my mind and i just like it was a fantastic free kick in off the post makes it even better um you know it was the right, is there anyone else capable of scoring a goal like that for Everton? Maybe James Garner, I suppose. Or Garner, yeah. Um,
1: I tell you what, do on free kicks? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I, th- I think I think I mean there's that stat, isn't it? 196 games without a free kick goal, cool. wasn't it? Up until up until last night. Wow. I tell you what, it was the last right-footed player to score a free kicker Goodison for Everton the before they uh, got there. Gaff, did he score? Baines, yeah. Baines never scored a free kick, did he, Goddardson? All of his free kicks were right That's from incredible, home. Incredible, that. Um, I, I would it would bet, have been a right foot The I only would... one I can think of would be uh, Alan Stubbs against United in 2007. I, that, I possibly...
2: Right, Possibly. so we don't actually know. what I don't know, but I out? can't think. I think well, it you know, scored one against the other, but even obviously that was a while. That was, yeah, yeah. But
1: uh I've completely wow. forgotten. cop Gone off the tangent there. Forgot what the
2: question <laughs> was. Now seriously, ever <laughs> in a friendly? Yeah, oh
1: absolutely, yeah. No <laughs> not
0: competitive match. Yeah yeah, it, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Now seriously, um yeah, Gomez is technically with the ball this he's a really gifted player on both he's had left a good left-footed shot in the first half as well didn't he yeah. and I didn't think because we're watching it from the main stands maybe yeah. Chris and I don't think that you give the justice to the goal when you see right. the goal okay. when you see from this the five he must be making well that's like there's loads of videos wasn't there, there was one from the Gladys season well. yeah. where you just hit the ball doesn't half curve, yeah curl yeah, ends, doesn't it? yeah. It, it doesn't you know it goes over the ball but it curls in which is not really apparent when you see it on the main stands and yeah he's you know I think he fully deserved and his eight last night I mean he was a bit a bit awry with his passing on occasions yeah. but he's still a bit rusty but at his best I mean when he saw autonomy he's a lovely player to watch isn't he Gomez mm-hmm. you know I mean I, I was told he's a bit overrated in his first first before the injury you know but at his best he's a lovely silky player to watch isn't he and you, you saw signs of that last night I think that role is a decent role for him because he obviously doesn't have to defend. There's one or two times <laughs> where the you know, there was a possibility for 50 and I don't think he was particularly interested. Yeah. But he, in, especially in the first half, he dropped deep and he fed the ball out wide, didn't he yeah. for Harrison to, to run onto and stuff. And and um, his passing is obviously, you know, um, f- far better than Zekora. Though obviously his goal-scoring capacity in open play isn't, but it does give gives us an option. And and he sort of come out of left fields really because I think the general yeah. perception was that. He's just going to see how his contract uh, at Everton, go in the summer, and he's come in and he's scored two goals, which matches his entire Everton career tally over the last month, doesn't it really? And uh, he's he, he, he's looked uh, effective, and he, you know, as you say, he you know technically, he's as good as anybody in the in the squad, isn't he, Gomez? He's uh, very very gifted technically, and and it's just be interesting to see. The, the only thing I'd say about his position because he played that against City I think didn't he I think it was a City is Calvert-Lewin becomes even more isolated doesn't he when Gomez plays there rather than DeCore? because DeCore's yeah. more natural role is I say to run on a little bit and uh, you know support Calvert-Lewin and he's, because of his physique he's more he's more um, comfortable in the penalty area Gomez is would we'll tend to do it the other way, won't he? We? Yeah. Will he tend to drop back a bit, which is great when he's passing the ball out wide and stuff? Problem is, if that cross comes in, he's nowhere to be seen. So, yeah, we we yeah. carve really it learning think, and we say that, don't we? Can be isolated, even with the core in the team, is even more isolated when Gomez is on the pitch, even though Andre
2: gives, gives us stuff that um, outside the core doesn't. Well, just sticking with Gomez, then Chris, is yeah. you know, I, I will to get a bit deeper, I will as Everton career. You know, be perceived. You know, you have kind of touched yeah. upon it a little bit about Tyson. It was it's a bit of a surprise that he's brought him back in the team because yeah. we kind of expected them to just, you know, fade away. But he. He's been brought back into the team, and obviously, dice does fancy him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it ultimately will be a disappointment, but it doesn't mean he can't play a role between now and the end of the season, which we've seen over the past month. Um, I did that in my verdict last night. I said that you know he's one of the those throwbacks to those years of excess and under Machiri and the big money signings that didn't come off. and obviously, when they were raiding Barcelona for, for players, I, I agree with Gav. Um, Obviously, he had that horrible injury after that that horror challenge from from Son in the Tottenham game. But he probably was overrated before then. He had that um, spell when he was initially on loan. And because, as Gav says, he's so easy on the eye, he became, you know, a a popular player. And, you know, he's such a silky player to watch. But when you kind of look at it, I know he obviously scored last night and well done there again. But he doesn't often have a great impact in in the final third you think you want to see that from him more more often not just scoring but actually playing that killer ball or something like that and then when he's out of possession you know he can be a liability let, let let's be fair i mean he, some of his, his tackles and i mean that they're not great but no one thing one thing about andre Gomez, he does seem to be a good egg. He's a nice lad around the the, yeah. tr- the training ground and the group. I mean, with the fans, the, both the supporters and his teammates, he's a popular character. He's a nice guy. I mean, he, he just you can not just get into the scene because you're a nice fella. But you know, he's not going to stir up trouble or anything like that. And the fact that you know he's going to be surplus to requirements, you'd imagine in the summer. You know, he's he's involved in the group. Sean Dyke said. He spoke to him in the summer when it was still unclear about whether his future would be at the club, and he acknowledged he'd been part of the the club in the past, and he could he could still do it again. But the problem is getting him fit, and again, there's fitness and the Sean Dyche fitness that yeah. we talk about. So yeah, he, he's he's not quite there at the moment. That's why he went off again, um, in the sec- in the second half. But yeah, he, he? He has come from left field, and I think that he could be you know an option for Everton between now and the end of the season. But I think you know ultimately you know he's he's going to be a disappointment. he's going to have to do quite a lot between now and the end of the season if he's going to sort of turn that around, that kind of legacy. But as Gav says, he's already matched his scoring output from the previous couple of years. The Royal Blue Podcast from the
1: Liverpool Echo.
0: Get ready for the greatest roast
2: of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I thought we, you know, deserved to win the game, but Palace did have quite a few chances, you know, really, you know, close chances to be honest. So uh, we've already touched upon them a little bit, but obviously the other standout player was the goalkeeper. Um outstanding i thought to be honest and like I say i i very surprised that he was a uh, he was capable and you know it was commanding as he was
1: but we didn't really know a lot about him. Always played for the 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 first team i don't know how many games did he play two or three was wasn't it uh, Chris, something like that three yeah yeah but they were all, on, no, all behind closed yeah. behind closed doors what's on the telly but you don't yeah. get the feel of the game do you and yeah and, and um you, you're not seeing it um close up and in the summer when we saw Begovich I was quite alarmed because I just thought that I would have paid him an the extra few quid just to keep him yeah. as because that was give us assurance that we've got a you know an experience back up for for Pickford uh I'm now got that conclusion that 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 you know that that, that feeling was probably wrong yeah. because I think it probably underestimated. the <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh virginia was i was i was probably ignoring him a little bit because you just thought he'd been on loan a couple of games of the lockdown and it was all you know so you know it was all a bit airy fairy wasn't it lockdown games and he's come in and i think he's been really good yeah i think i think he, he's he, he's been commanding his handling's been good you get the impression that the the back four are comfortable with him playing behind it's always a big big thing it's it's no coincidence we kept two two clean sheets Uh, and as Chris said uh, you know, crucial moments, especially at the end last night, he's made a big saves and that's what you want for the goalkeeper. And even he, he followed the the Jordan Pickford playbook by getting booked for time wasting, I think, didn't he? <laughs> well, he's I not mean, like it, Pickford, he's yeah. his left
0: foot as well. He foot, can beat yeah. it on his right, to be fair, he's decent. But yeah, so you got that continuity with another left footed keeper as well.
1: Yeah, so yeah, which is when you're passing back to the yeah. keeper and using that, that that's actually, you think about that, that's quite important, isn't yeah. it, really? Um, and I think he, uh, he's done well, hasn't he? I and mean, he yeah. does give a clue earlier on there it would it, be interesting to see if we do go far in the cup you know what is the uh well, the, I'll, what I'll is the option so what, 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 what would you do well I like to get far in the cup first before uh yeah. <laughs> that would be, I, I think you'd have to uh that'd be an interesting thing if you did I say if we got to the semi-final near at Wembley uh you don't know, do you you know I don't know I mean if he plays like this why wouldn't you yeah. not play him and but you, you you just don't know do you i i think we just got to get progress in the cup but it, it's great to see like gomez unexpected yeah progression and you know he's not done his market value any harm not done his you know if he wants to move on central suits be looking at him and um you know it's been good luck to that he's been around Everton in a few years hasn't he yeah, yeah and he's, he's hung in there and he's got his chance and he's he's, he's taking it well that's my next
2: question then so chris yeah. he has been around for a, yeah. a while um with a performance like that it's obviously going to build confidence personally yeah. for himself surely he's going to be one to be pushing for the for starting place over jordan pickford but if he doesn't get that you know with a performance like that you'd say he's got the skills and the talent yeah. to to potentially be a number one somewhere else so we're going to have to try and find the balance now as a mm. club aren't we you know Dyson's going to have to try and find that balance because we don't know you know Pickford's obviously probably going to be here for at least the next year 18 months mm. but there's a looks like a, a willing you know understudy who could take yeah. into a number one very quickly yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, to be fair, Dyke said he, understood, he understands the dynamic and what it is to be part of the team because it must be a bit of a thankless task. I mean, people say, oh, it's easy money. I suppose the real easy money has been the number three goalkeeper, isn't it? But if you're the number two goalkeeper, I mean, I, I wouldn't like it knowing that you, you're never going to get a chance. You know, he's still unlike Begovic who's coming towards... To the end of his career, although he's ultimately now gone to Queen's Park Rangers to get that first choice football again. Um, Virginia's a player who, a goalkeeper who's probably got, um, you know, his best years ahead of him. What is he now? About 23, 24, something like that. Perhaps he didn't have that maturity when he first came in, he wasn't as, as commander, and he's had to learn that over over a number of years. And the, the lone spells out there, you know, all serve the purpose it's, for me, though. You know, jo- Jordan Pickford's, um, uh, the number one, um. Um, in terms of that 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 cup issue, it'd be no sort of problem for me. Maybe I'm wrong. Sean Dykes might think um, different than me. I'd always play my number one. I'd have played P- Pickford last, last last night, and I played mm-hmm. him at Sellers Park. But it, um, don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely made up that Virginia yeah. has done really well, and um, I think it is good that you know you, you've got that that backup option, and you know he he's not gonna let you down. But I would always play my my strongest side. But in terms of his role within the, the squad now. Um, he, he, ac- he accepts that role, and maybe you know, of course, he, he'd, he'd love to be the first choice. But I think he is—he he, he realizes where he is in the pecking order, and he's learning a lot from working under. A, a, you know, England number one like um, Jordan Pickford, and I think Everton are fortunate to, to, to have Pickford. You know, at the position that they are, I mean, even without the uh, the points deduction, Everton would be twelfth on the table, and England's number one's happy to be there. So I think we should be glad we've got Jordan Pickford at the club, but also relieved now that um, Joe Virginia has shown that you know he, he can do a job when called upon how often that might end up being
2: just a reminder for everyone listening and watching on youtube and facebook to submit your questions um we have got a question on youtube from two wheel lucas and it's specifically on this subject so um Gary said given the two superb appearances by virginia uh, could be put pickford up for sale i mean wow. i'm mean, I assuming mean, he's suggesting that given that yeah pickford's you know a saleable asset yeah would, you know the valuation would be quite high yeah i, I know what you're saying well I, i'm not sure whether for
1: all the, the, the plot this is getting whether two two games as a you know mean sample size <laughs> um, and there is there is the possibility of and I, and I say possibility, not likelihood, there's a possibility at any point that any club's gonna sell one of their saleable assets if the right money comes in for them, they wanna go. Um but I think what this does really is the fact that we have got a number two goalkeeper that we can trust. Yeah. And that that, that and that is from what we've seen so far, that is a vital thing within football. That's what that's my whole point. My three weeks, I was at the plumber about getting the back of it going. Um, we can't really talk about Pickford being sold. What we always we know is that. I, I suppose what you'd say there that there's a halfway point there. If Pickford was injured was out the team for a while through injury or something like that, but he's never injured, is he, really? Uh, and you'd be confident that Virginia could, what we've seen so far, that Virginia could, could come in yeah. uh, and, and do, do a job. Um, but, you know, I don't think we'll be, you know, contacting clubs <laughs> to, see, to tell them Jones available. And I want to be able to but, afford
2: them anyway because of this profit and sustainability, really.
1: Well, yeah, well, <laughs> it's interesting to see there's only 10% of... Uh, the amount of money spent in January is so only 10% of what it was this time last year hell, isn't it hell. this yeah.
2: is why the Premier League seems to be changing the rules yeah, anyway, <laughs> I'm scared now um
1: clubs are, clubs have obviously uh, obviously in uh got our case in mind haven't they but yeah I think I think it, it's just it's good just getting assurance that we've got a decent backup number two uh to be fair and, and i say good luck to the lad he's done he's done well
2: yeah absolutely and Chris you know there was a lot of good news around the place last night obviously the main one is you know the fact that we did win and we got through to the next round but injury problems to corey has picked up a hamstring injury you know i think dice suggested that he was fatigued beforehand Mm. uh, but obviously afterwards he confirmed that he's had a hamstring injury no official data when he will be available um kind of give the impression that it could be weak so a bit of a blow but obviously like we already mentioned ironically you Know if the core is probably fit, he starts and Andre Gomez does not.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a strange one. Like you say, in his pre match press conference, he had said that Coleman and the Corey were both doubts, but at the time he said Coleman was hamstring and he said the core was fatigue. And then after the game, he all of a sudden he's saying that the core is longer than Coleman and was also a hamstring and sort of playing down the Coleman hamstring, only a slight one. and saying that the core A's was worse but he said I don't know if this is good or bad it it's in the other leg so I don't know it's not the it's not a reoccurrence of that same injury it came kept him out after the Burnley game but yeah it's, it's disappointing because I thought to be fair he, he came back and did well against Villa obviously' the the way he took he took his goal I know it was disallowed but you know I just hope that Calvin Lewin could have been so composed with his one-on-one chance. You know, he he did well there. It didn't seem to show any sort. You know, I could see any ill effects of that injury. You know, another typically hard-running performance. So, the fact that he he has got that. Um, it could be a blow, um, I mean, Everton have got this winter break now, but fortunately, because of the victory last night, you know they do have the game against Luton now, so it's not going to be quite as long, and then obviously the trip to Fulham at the end of the, the month, but now it's it's not good if Decore started picking up hamstring injuries, one in one leg in December and one no, another one now, and the fact that we were told it was just fatigue the day before, and then all of a sudden it, it, it's this, you know, it's a bit of a concern.
2: Felt it, you know, good that we won a game without the Couray in the starting eleven yeah. as well, because you know the stigma of you. Obviously, you look at the stats, you know, we since he was injured since um after the bay in the game, we obviously didn't win the game, did we?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to put you on the spot, Gab, but I'm sure, it isn't there a stat that they've not won many games at all when the Cody? Yeah, whatever manager you've had. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's not just under uh, Dice at all. all yeah, that. it's just going back to Ancelotti.
0: Yeah, so that's a, that yeah, that is important. Like that, they do prove that they found a way, like we say, using Gomez in a, as a very different kind of you know number ten, for want of a better word, and in, in, in that role, yeah, because uh, you're not going to get a light for light replacement. I mean, I know gav has been keen. You he, he liked it when. And Jack Harrison played in that role yeah. on Dan Juma far less effective when he was used in that role and they're all very sort of different types of players anyway and then you're not going to get a like for like for Decor. I think that's part of the reason why Decor is so effective because teams don't quite know how to sort of line up against him so yeah it, it is a concern but I suppose yeah at least they did win without him so it does show that they can do it at least
2: the other injury garbage just Coleman. You know, we seem to be okay in that position, you know, for, for backup. We have technically technically got three full backs, you know, full right full backs. Um there. So Nathan Patterson started last night. Ashley Young is, you know, said to be on the way back. But have you been happy with Patterson? Is he is he taking his chance? Um just before we go on to the correct whistle start the fatigued hamstring
1: as you can only conclude, there's no really know, yeah yeah, yeah if there's such a thing <laughs> um passes and Jordy's out on passing for me uh still and go back to what I was saying before that somebody who's twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, he's only started I think 30 league games in his career yeah. so people talk I was being promising and stuff but he, he's not you know he's been around a while um he's but he still has that cultish look doesn't he of an academy graduate he's just you know uh coming to the first team so the, yeah the jury's out on me for me uh i like some of his stuff going forward but i still think he's a bit loose defensively he can lose his man i don't think his first touch is great i think sometimes he, he can tend to to lose the ball um quite easily uh, and I, I, you can see why, you know, managers have, not just Dice, have, have selected Coleman, so Young, head of him, even though he, in, in theory, as an in, international right-back in the early 20s, you signed him off for 10, 12 million quid, he should be should be your first choice right-back, shouldn't he, really? Yeah. If he's not your first choice right-back, then I think the question to be to be asked because he still looks cautious for me, but I would expect a bit more of a finished article for that price and um, and his age. To be fair,
2: okay. Quick word on Carbot lewin and then uh, Chris. You know, another game without a goal. But you know, I don't think he he played terribly. No. Uh, obviously, Gav's touched upon. He thinks so he was a little bit isolated due to the fact that the Cody wasn't there. Um, does his performance levels and work rate still justify a place in the team without scoring goals?
0: I think so. I mean, if you look at the way over Sean Dyche's managerial career, obviously fewer resources at at Burnley, but um, the strikers' roles never tended to be prolific. I don't think they'd sort of, you know they would have a certain role to play. Obviously, they did have to score goals, you know, um, but. Um, It was more about their all-round play and the way they bring the rest of the the team into it. And we've kind of seen that to a certain extent with Carl lewin It's very different than, say, the role he was playing under Ancelotti with those one-touch finishes and when he had his, his best scoring... Um, return. I mean, he had the chance last night. I think second half he dragged it across goal, could yeah. see he, he wanted that because I think there had been an opportunity a few minutes later. Where was it earlier? Sorry, where Harrison? Perhaps the ball was on and he didn't get it, and oh, yeah, yeah, Calhoun yeah, was yeah. a bit frustrated by that. So he, he took the chance when it came his way, first time. Yeah, I mean, um, Dykes used, uh, you know, he's his job to, to remain positive and big the player up. But I remember, was it after the Villa game when he'd said, you know, statistically as a, a striker, the longer you go without a goal, the closer you get into the next one. I'm not too sure about that because it never really happened. for Neil Mopay did it. But, you know, Calvert Lewin is proven quality 50 Premier League. Goals um, for Everton. Obviously, he hasn't scored since he he, re- he reached that landmark. I mean, he will be playing on his mind, no doubt. I mean, I, you know, it's the same with all strikers. They just can't wait for the next one. But yeah, I was happy with his, his overall contribution. I thought it was um, it was positive again. And he just he's the old one, isn't he? He just needs one to go in off his backside, and because he, he does tend to be a bit of a streaky player, doesn't he? At times, oh, has been. Yeah,
1: yeah his, his record for Everton is, is peculiar. If you look at it, it's long long paid. It's a with no goal yeah. and then he's had two really strong periods when Ancelotti first came in in 2019 20 mm. and then at the start of the the, the covert season 2021 if you take them two periods out it tends to be three or four goals and four or five games and then i think you know and, and um and, and I, I haven't said that for this reason that this season you know a lot of that is
2: not necessarily down to him it's just that Dice's style start the play isn't it really well is that is, is there an argument then that yeah. we're, not, we're not playing to his strengths and he's doing the work you know the donkey work for the team in order to you know obviously yeah make us win the games effectively
1: yeah and it's and not you not know, scoring goals and he should be scoring goals he had opportunities he had yeah. 20 opportunities or something like okay. that Dice since he last scored dice would argue that we should be playing to the, the team's strengths not an individual sense shouldn't he you know and that that's fair enough and although i have said before on the pod that you know Calvert Lewin's working hard and stuff, but at the same time he should be scoring goals. He's your striker, and um, the longer he goes without scoring, his confidence gets affected, and then that affects your general game. Then you touch goals a little bit, doesn't it? You, you sometimes you do. You know you make you, you 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 make the wrong run you, you you don't feel confident here and i don't get the that's the classic gambler's fallacy that isn't it about dice yeah. the the longer <laughs> you go more chances it's a bit like heads or tails isn't it if you, have, if you have you know if you have seven heads it doesn't necessarily mean the next one's going to be a tail because you've had seven heads it's still the same chance 50 yeah. 50 and um i think i think uh he's, he's mentioned that a few times at press conferences that i think no no sure he got that all wrong um I won't I? I won't actually <laughs> personally imagine a two and one, indeed contact him about it, but it, it, it's not that's not something that I agree with. Yeah. Um, but Calvert Lewin is, is is a curious one, isn't he? Isn't it? At the moment, he's not scoring, but he's certainly yeah. working hard. And for a lot of the, those games, he's not played what's that 13 games without scoring, which goes yeah. back to the in Villa, Villa, the league Was it
2: possibly 14? We, we've won or? a hell of a lot of them games, yeah. Well, I think you know that was the point, wasn't it? We've had. A period of games where we obviously won quite a few. Yeah. But it was the team individual like the the, yeah. the goals were getting spread across the team, so the pressure seemingly wasn't on Carver Lewin to 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 get the goals. Yeah. Now that we've started we started losing a couple of games. Exactly. Carvert Lewin's obviously missed a you know guilt head's chances. I don't think there's any denying that. Yeah. The pressure is back on Calvert Lewin.
1: Yeah, and, and the crowd are beginning to there's a few murmurs in the crowd, isn't it? Yeah, and that that's that's understandable. And he's spoken in the past about the pressures of football, hasn't he? And and the sooner he gets a goal, the better. But we just don't know, really. Do it means say, say whatever it is. Yeah. When when you've lost counts, how many strikers yeah. you've got? Your strikers gone without a goal. That means there is a hell of a hell of a run in it. And I, I just don't know. He's just got to carry on doing good stuff he's doing at the moment, which is working hard and, and running the channels, pressurising players, uh, and hopefully it will. It will come. He was unlucky at Spurs though, to be fair, wasn't he? Yeah, disallowed. you know, yeah. the dislike all the Spurs, you know, and that could have changed everything, really. It could yeah. have changed the game, so we'll see. Um, I but just on a quick thing, I like Dobbin, you know, yeah, I i think Good I like job. Dobbin. He looks, he looks,
2: he's got something about him, that lad. Got more about him than Dan Juma,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Dan she was more, exp- yeah. But in terms of making things happen, I, I think I, I like Dobbin. I think you scored against Chelsea. I think we've spoken our players being underused, and at that there, there is a case, isn't there? And I, I know we're finishing a bit, but there the, is discussion that's happened. Is, is should Beto always be the substitute for Calvert Lewin? Why why wouldn't you on occasions, just to mix things up? Play Dobbin as a sub, the first substitute as a striker, just just to. Uh,
2: I, I completely agree. Yeah, played yeah. like to the point where that substitution is actually getting a little bit stale now. Yeah, when we're not winning, I think maybe when we're one nil up or two nil up, and he obviously takes Carvalho and off to to rest them to you know give them the minutes off on the bench. I think it, maybe more than the last game, who was it? Did, um, Villa. Villa. Better looked like he was sulking to me when he was on as yeah. well, and he obviously getting frustrated himself, but. He, he's he got to find a way of getting in the team but it's clear that Dyfe prefers Calvert-Lewin yeah. over better regardless of whether he's scoring or not
0: yeah it's interesting what you both said with that point because I was doing um, Michael Ball's column on Monday and uh, first of all in, in Calvert-Lewin's defence he said that um the fact that, um, you know, um, Harlem misses one-on-ones, Salah misses one-on-ones, but they get so many chances, they inevitably finish with a couple of goals anyway. She says that's the difference. Cavaloon perhaps only gets one chance like that per game. But in terms of Dobbin, Michael Ball was saying that he was surprised he didn't come on against Villa because he thinks one of the reasons better was getting frustrated because he was so tight there in the middle of the pitch that Dobbin's pace... Maybe going on the outside would actually cause them more problems. And he said that the goal that was disallowed forever. And he said that pass was on for most of the afternoon. And perhaps if you would brought Dobbin on to sort of stretch them down the flanks, that might have been a better option rather than bringing on Beto when there's totally congested in the middle of the park.
1: Yeah, he's not lacking in confidence, is he? That was quite a confident thing, you know, like the one when he tried sides. Yeah, and I remember he came on at Chelsea for his debut, thinking. December twenty one, he come on and he, he ruffled a few people up, and I think he got booked within a couple of minutes of co- yeah. coming on. So he's not he's not lacking in confidence, and, and I think he is a player that has been underused. I know he's been playing at wide and stuff, but I just think sometimes depends on the state of the game. And know, yeah. is he probably needs more game time for me. And I think, as I say, I don't think it's ne- necessarily be that force of habit, you know carver and off better on after 70, 70 minutes I think we need to look at things slightly differently on yeah, occasions
2: definitely. well it's nice to have the options because it's something yeah. like we haven't had over like, the past couple of seasons um, just a quick comment from I'm going to say this wrong but I'm going to try to pronounce it right Gainey mead 7 on YouTube Dominic Carver-Lewin needs it James rog- Rodriguez style number 10 Yeah, obviously I'm not going to say but- no to that <laughs>
0: don't yeah. all... I, but I, think, I think
2: the general thing
1: about that is yeah. and we touched on it isn't it is the start of play that we played under Ancelotti which you had Rodriguez and Richie Allison, and one or two others getting the ball to the byline and pull it, pulling it back for Calvert Lewin for, to, to knock it in the net is that's not the dice style of play and we haven't got the players to do that anyway and, and so we're, we're looking at two completely different styles but that's one of the Cavaloon's weaknesses for me isn't it I've always said this he doesn't create goals for himself mm. yeah and that's what top strikers like do like Harry Kane yeah sort of he, does. he did at West Ham a little bit to be fair he doesn't he was not capable of creating goals himself he has to rely on others all the time and, and when others can do that that's fine when others can't you've got to make things happen yourself as a striker
2: um and does that come in deeper is that, is you've that... got
1: to but he got to be able to take players on have you and 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 sort of sense opportunities and, and 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 space and stuff and he doesn't do that for me and there's lots of reasons for that maybe because he was not natural strike in the first place was he out there, yeah you? um but yeah um did it so, you know he needs to improve but there's a lot of stuff that he is doing that he's doing okay at the moment
2: OK, well, obviously, really positive stuff on the pitch last night. But Chris is going to finish off on off-the-field matters. Yeah. Um, a 7-7 delegation, seven-seven-seven delegation mm-hmm. was at Cuddleston Park yeah. um, last night. And kind of, obviously, you were in the, the director's box. You were probably up close. I was never, never uh, close to, to the, the director's box, yeah. Um, box. You know, this is despite Richard's Masters CEO of the Premier League, basically saying, you know, this takeover is is a long way off, good couple of weeks yeah. away. Um where are we with all with all this? Yeah,
0: well they they weren't I didn't have Josh Wander in my ear letting me know they did the finer points of why they were there. But I understand. Obviously, there were half a dozen of them there. there in this uh, delegation, some talks um, with um, the, the the club officials, Colin Chong, the interim CEO. We were speaking to them, and they, they actually went down to Bramley Moor Dock and they had looked look round the new stadium um, site to check on progress with there. So nothing in terms of how oh, close a few people have said well they wouldn't have turned up if, if if it wasn't close i'm not too sure you can read that much into it i mean they want to be seen to be putting on a show and maybe you know even applying a bit of pressure by by being there and, and stuff like that so yeah i, I can't tell you whether it actually means the takeover is any closer but yeah they were there on mass um six of them i think um, i've got a piece on that coming coming up later so uh watch out for that one
2: okay eugene mcgeever on YouTube said i think it's on the car lewin needs a rest which obviously you know could potentially bring better or in. but gav uh, just back onto off the field matters triple seven i'm going to say triple seven or rather than seven 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 yeah i
0: think that's how they like it to be fair it's just easy to say
2: (laughs) um yeah so i mean a lot of people like chris said maybe reading a little bit too much into it you know the fact that there was a delegation there at the at the the game maybe people are thinking that's you know any deals nearly done um but earlier in the week you spoke on a previous podcast about you know your shock at everton being in breach of profits and sustainability once again you know for the periods that yeah obviously previously been mentioned but what well, the biggest concern for me with with regards to all this is why are everton in a position right now where they're having to lend 150 million
1: pounds from triple seven for the same reason why we've been under premier league investigation whenever for, for um for profits and sustainability is that we've been spending more money than what we've got and the, the the problem we have is we've not got a funder for the stadium, and you know whatever bills is, whatever bills we've had, you know for the stadium, we've probably had to 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 meet out the cash that was for the business, and so consequently we're, we're, a, we're, a, we're an organisation that needs cash, and that, ironically enough, that's what's stopping our some of our forays into the transfer market. It's not the profits and sustainability; it's the fact that we haven't got the cash to do it and 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 you know we, we i'm sure like somebody like the gordon deal
2: how have we not got the cash
1: but because like, we spent more money need... because we did the, the stadium straight. We, we, we haven't got a wonder for the stadium have we you know machiri's turned off his his, his uh his tap um we, we we've got bills to pay with lango Rock on an ongoing basis for construction to keep going we've still got a squad that we can't afford for all that is being trimmed and so that means as, as a business we, we just haven't got enough cash to to do all of that and so when once you get into the financial year you 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 need somebody to give you money and that's what seven 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 have been doing i think there's other reasons why they've been doing that by the way um you know a to show commitment to everything was always good isn't it when you look and also b. You know, and this is just my my feeling. Is it makes somebody else harder for somebody else to take over, then doesn't it? If if they've got a five hundred and fifty million pounds to mm. to pay it off, so there's, there's that's just my my thoughts on the matter. Um, so it, it's just the reason why we've got no cash. Is the reason why we we've had ten point deductions, Ian, and why we've been un, but, but under the Premier League beak again, is we've just been been spending too much money for too long compared to what we've been getting in through. Through gooddish and through sponsorship, through TV TV
2: uh rights deals and stuff. MREFC on YouTube says after what Master said about the answers from Triple Seven, if they aren't satisfactory is that not a red flag?
1: I think it's a red flag, the fact that it's taken four months to uh sort out, isn't it? Three or three and a half months already. You, you think that if everything was above board and they were happy that it would have been done within the expectation was before Christmas, yeah. the fact that it's gone on so long, and you don't want to go into the stories you hear and, and, and stuff, but there's obviously issues there, isn't it, I would imagine, over their viability uh, as as prospective owners, because I don't think it would have taken this this long, really. The, the, the counterpoint to that would be actually, that this, if they were if that bad, they would have been knocked back already. you know. So, I mean, <laughs> you don't know. Somewhere just, in the middle. Yeah, so perhaps but the fact it's gone on so long has to be a concern for us. What you got, really? What's your gut feeling on the whole situation? I, I haven't got a good feeling really because I just don't know. I mean, that's what the one thing the profits and sustainability thing is. touched, you know, as effective as it is, is all that behind the scenes stuff is, you know, people may think they're well informed, but sometimes there's, there's, there's within that, there's there's areas of business that you, you're just not aware of. I, 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 in, compared to the the profits and sustainability, the 777 or takeover thing is a far bigger bigger issue for me because that's the future of the club isn't it yeah yeah I've you know the that's the thing, thing yeah. we can survive 10 points yeah but the, the more important thing is with mishiri now being an absent absent landlord is the ownership thing needs to be sorted because if they don't come in then things could get very tricky for us as a, as a business but we, we but hopefully there's other potential they've been talking of other potential buyers but it needs it needs sorting out but this is the big one for me compared to the the sustainability. I know that sounds tough but i think uh this needs to be sorted out as as quickly as possible
2: okay well i think we'll uh we'll leave it there then let's um chris everton's winter break officially yeah. starts now yeah just, just Everton to mess up the winter breaks to have a a third third round replay um But probably come at a good time, hasn't it, really? With, obviously, injury to the corner. Let's get him back fit and see where we go from there. Um, Next game, Luton?
0: Yeah, um, it probably is. It's such a busy time in December. Um, was it eight games in the calendar month something like that but the cup game so they ran out of steam run the first four and then didn't win any of so it's better to have a bit of a lighter january although obviously with the cup replay now the fourth round it's not quite as light as it would have been but it's nice to have the, those matches and yeah hopefully it does give him a bit of t- extra time although it's concerning when the, the manager's saying that you know is longer than Coleman but yeah we shall see
2: okay well we'll leave it there then lads thank you both for coming on the show um Despite the winter break, everyone watching live on YouTube and Facebook, we will have plenty more podcasts and Everton content over the the course of the next week. Uh, Lads, once again, thank you. And this has been the Royal Blue Podcast.
0: You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.